Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Revealing and unconcealing, what is it that is getting in the way of our potential as human beings? Exploring the power of the body-mind and our current relationship with reality. Together, I want to dive into an inquiry into what is happening in our world today and who we are being and how we are living in it, both individually and as a species. What is it that is keeping us stuck, causing us to repeat the same patterns and cycles? What is getting in the way of our potential and our evolution as a species? I'm Nikki Clinch, and I am your host. I will be sharing the science, research, and many human stories on why we are the way we are and what is required for us to outgrow our current way of being and birth a new possibility for ourselves. Because now is the time to remember and to discover our infinite potential of being human. Welcome to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. I am Nikki Clinch, and I am your host, and it is, as always, wonderful to be back here with you all and to have all of you back here listening. To new listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome to this space. I'm so grateful that you're here. This is such an important inquiry for us all to be diving into weekly, regularly, daily, and thank you to all of you who have been dedicated listeners who are returning to hear this week's episode. Today I want to dive, I want to do a deep dive today. And, and so bear with me as I try to wrestle with a pretty massive topic, but one that I think is fundamental for us to start having a conversation for us to start having, an inquiry to start having individually and also collectively. And so I'm going to be deep diving into this topic. And I say wrestle because there's no strategic way to deliver this conversation. Meaning if I try to deliver this, you know, from a script or in a kind of perfect tickle the boxes kind of way, then there's a risk of missing the depth and the nuances that come with it. But I also really think it's an absolutely fundamental conversation for us to all be having. And when I say conversation, I mean between you and me, between ourselves and ourselves and with each other, because this is in relation to being human and it has a massive impact on our relationships that we have with our own self. And of course, our relationship that we have with our own self has a a massive impact on the relationship that we have with each other and with other human beings and also with the world. So it doesn't get much deeper than that, does it? And the relationship that we can have with ourself seems to be a fundamental issue and point of massive suffering on the planet. Everybody seems to somehow, in some way, be struggling, whether it's conscious or unconsciously, with the relationship that we have with oneself, which then leads to patterns and behaviors and stories and beliefs and conditioned minds. It gives us our way of being, which then sculpts and shapes our whole world. I mean, how how much more important does it get than that? So what I'm going to dive into today is an important one. So bear with me. I invite you with your listening to be actively listening to this episode. And as you're listening to what I am wrestling with to deliver it for you, I invite you too to wrestle with this episode with your own listening. As Don't just listen to the noise that I'm making and the words that I'm saying and the sounds that I'm making. Allow your own mind and inquiry to dive into the wrestle with me. 
let this conversation in so that you can actually start seeing elements of your own self and your own ways of being so that there is an engaged process and a live process of maturation taking place whilst we're having the, the conversation. That's my intention. So I want to dive into a topic on personality. What is personality? What shapes who we call me? What shapes who we think we are and that we call our personality? This is just the way that I am. This is just who I am. But this is just me. How many times have you either said that or heard someone else say that? And we say it so in such a default way that that there isn't any wiggle room to question the certainty and the fixedness of what we say and what we see and what we think is just the way it is. This is just who I am, right? That's just my personality. Or that's just their personality. Well, I want to dive really deeply and disrupt that fixed given, that perceived fixed given. I'm going to come in and say that the personality that we think is just who we are is shaped and given by our past and survival strategies and survival mechanisms in order to survive some form of pain from our past. Now, that's a big statement because really what I'm saying is who you think you are may not be who you think you are. And I want to disrupt that blind spot and pierce it so that you can start to, at the very least, question what you think is so the way it is Why? Why is that necessary? Why would I come along and disrupt something so massive? Well, the problem is, as long as we are absolutely certain that this is who I am and the way that I am, then that certainty is like putting prison gates on any possibility of any further evolution or growth or change for ourselves. In fact, as long as we are not willing to question what appears as just the way it is, it stays as what is real and true for us. And and then that becomes the limitations, quite literally a box around the possibilities of our own experience of ourselves in the world. It's only in the courageous act of questioning what appears as fixed and given, which pierces blind spots in our relationship with who we think we are and how our world is. And in the piercing of those blind spots, it opens up doorways that we didn't even know were there that open up possibilities that we couldn't even see from where we were looking from. You know, almost everybody I've ever met is in some way trying to find who they really are, trying to work out who who am I really? Who's my real self? Who's my authentic self? How do I find myself? But actually, that's a, a paradoxical illusion. How can anyone find themselves if the one that's even looking and asking that question is already feeling like experiencing themselves as wrong and not the way that they should be? So the one that is wrong and not the way that they should be is looking for the one that they really are and bringing the one that they should not be everywhere they go. And you can hear it's an unsolvable problem. In fact, How can you possibly find your true self if the one who's even looking is the one that doesn't think that they're their true self, the one that thinks there's something wrong with them? And so it's actually an unsolvable question. How do I find my true self? 
you cannot find your true self, but you can come home to who you truly are. Now, we've all heard that phrase before. Maybe you haven't, maybe you have. I've heard it multiple times. It's almost become a buzzword. But what does it really mean? to come home. That that implies a returning to something that has always already been there, that somehow we're still searching for. Now, even just that is a paradox. To return to something that has always already been there, that is a form of homeness, and yet we can't find it and we're searching for it, but it's always already been there. Can you already hear the paradox in that? How can some place, some domain, some form of who we truly are already be there and yet we can't find it and we're searching for it? So from that distinction, it doesn't make any sense to try to find yourself, which implies you're looking out there for it. The only way to answer that paradox is to look and see all the ways that are not who we truly are, that are appearing as if it's who we truly are, but they are not. The blind spots, piercing the veils of illusion that appear as if that's who we are that we are carrying in our cells, in our bioenergetic field, in our, the matter of our body, in the mental self-image that we have of ourselves. In fact, the only possible way that we can come home is through dissolving and releasing all that we carry that we are not. So who we truly are that has always already been there can reveal itself to us, a returning to. So maturation is not about adding more to you or finding more for yourself, but actually looking and seeing and finding all the elements and aspects of, of who we think we are that we are not and allowing that piercing and dissolving to happen. And when the piercing and the dissolving happens, it creates this extraordinary clearing, like the clouds parting that we didn't even know were there. And through that space, an unconcealing, an unfurling, a discovering of who we are becomes possible. Which is why today's episode, I think, is fundamental. Fundamental to our maturation as a species and your maturation individually personality. What is personality? Personality in the human species appears like a blind spot. We wake up every day already knowing who's there. We don't run to the bathroom mirror wondering who's going to be there today. We always already know who's there. We wake up to knowing who's already there. We experience ourselves in the body, in the way we breathe, in the way our body carries itself. We experience ourselves as a familiar way of being. And then we think of ourselves as a familiar image. And that becomes a default setting. And we don't question it. We just wake up into that blind spot every day and just assume that that's just the way we are. And then, of course, anything that challenges that in our experience of ourselves, we magnetically pull ourselves back consciously or unconsciously to what is familiar to who we think we are. If you refer back to the episode where I speak about understanding why we resist change, I speak about the homeostasis, the magnetic pull to return back to the familiar way of being, even if that familiar way of being is keeping us vastly limited, vastly in suffering, keeping us in a state of dissatisfaction, unfulfillment, and led by survival. Even if we don't like it, it's what is familiar and true and the only way we know ourselves. So what is personality? Now, this episode really dives into why I think that maturation has to happen on a body-mind level, meaning we can't outgrow 
our identities and who we think we are just on a conceptual level. It is not enough. You can't just change your thoughts about yourself because yourself is living in the cells of your entire body, in your entire energy field. So just changing your thoughts is insufficient or understanding different ways of yourself is insufficient. True and real evolution, maturation of who you think you are, maturing beyond the story of yourself has to happen on a cellular level, on a mental cellular level. It has to happen on a body-mind level. And of course, this is what happens inside our programs. That's why it's so deep. And it's also, it takes a lot of courage because it's almost easier just to change the thoughts about yourself. But if you really want to dive into the experience of yourself, and question the experience of yourself and, and, and experience what has been frozen and stuck in the molecular cells of your entire being that creates an energy field of who you think you are, whilst also questioning your self-image and the identity of yourself in the mind, of course, it's all connected. The body and the mind are two sides of the same coin. You cannot separate them. And they are both giving you who you think you are. So today, I'm diving into the three layers of personality, what shapes and gives us what we experience as our personality. And I'm going to attempt to dive into it on an experiential body-mind level. And to do so, I want to dive into a body of work given to us by Wilhelm Reich, and then further studied and researched by Alexander Lowen, a psychotherapist, both of which Wilhelm Reich and Alexander Lowen are psychotherapists, and looking deeply into bioenergetics and the five masks of human behavior and human personality, characterology. This is a body of work that I teach and train my students that come to train in the alchemy of being. It is module three in their training. Being able to start to see on a deep bioenergetic level why human beings behave the way they do, why they carry their bodies the way they carry their bodies, why they eat the way they do, why we breathe the way we do, and therefore why that then gives us our patterns and behaviors and actions and choices and emotions and the way that we relate to each other and in the world. So kind of everything, all the layers that shape our personality, a human being's personality. And of course, it's fundamental for me to train the coaches who come to train in the alchemy of being because they're training to be maturation coaches. And so they need to be able to see deeper layers of active information that tell us so much about that human being. In the last episode, or one of the previous episodes, one or two back, I teach about listening, deep listening, and and the fundamental need to start being able to pick up much more deeper layers of active information that is part of communication in order for us to hear each other more clearly and see each other more deeply. So in the work of Wilhelm Reich developed this form of psychotherapy where he, this body orientated psychology, where he focused called the five masks, the five masks and characterology. He focused on muscular tension and how it indicates emotions that are repressed in a human being. Reich established pressure techniques to release these emotions, which were stored in what he called body armor. Based on his ideas, many new branches of body psychology flourished, one of them being bioenergetics, which was led by Alexander Lowen. So Alexander Lowen then took Wilhelm Reich's research and development of of body-oriented psychology that 
led by particular kinds of trauma in early childhood and not just the experience of that trauma, but the energetic dynamics that were playing out during that trauma and for the child to experience the energetic dynamics of that trauma, that that then shapes and develops within that child's bioenergetic field, causing that child to start to attach themselves, identify themselves in certain bioenergetic ways of being in order to survive that pain. Meaning, we then, from that trauma, start attaching ourselves to survival ways of being, but not just patterns and behaviors, which are the consequences of this bioenergetic, body-oriented armor, body armor, but the way that we breathe, the way that we hold ourselves in our body, the way that we even allow emotions to not move through, the way we suppress emotions, the way we mask, the finite details, refined details and nuances of the life that does or doesn't move through us. According to Alexander Lowen, psychotherapist, strong body-mind connection is needed to have a healthy life. And this is only possible if the person releases the chronic tension. This release is necessary for freeing people from inner flow blockages and expression of feelings. Bioenergetic analysis is the bioenergetic therapy. With this approach, people go through a self-discovery journey through their bodies. All techniques are aimed to help a person become aware of their limiting breathing and movement patterns and blocked expressive actions. The person learns about the flow of inner excitation and how it can be blocked because childhood because of childhood experiences. Therefore, we can say that bioenergetic studies personality in regards to energy and its process in the body. According to the bioenergetics approach, there are five types of basic character structures built upon a system of survival defenses which can manifest in the form of chronic muscle tension and various psychological physical patterns. Now, I'm not going to go into all the five masks because that's not necessarily the point right now. And maybe I will in another episode. The point right now for this episode is that the experiences of our early childhood that were perceived points of threat not being seen, being abandoned, feeling like you're heartbroken by your parents, being judged, being criticized, being projected on, receiving rage, addiction, abuse, being humiliated, whatever the point of threat is, it creates a heartbreak in the heart. We are a species that is born to love. We are born to love. In fact, the love that we are born having towards mother and father is so big that it's, it's, you can't define it. Mother and father are our entire world when we're born. And so from that deep, expansive, infinite love that is undefinable, we then begin to form our first relationships, and that is with mother-father. And those first original relationships, at some point, will create our first heartbreak. Because you simply cannot love without simultaneously opening yourself to loss. That's why love is so challenging 
for adult human beings. Because the moment that you allow yourself to love so fully and deeply, you are also fully open to loss and pain. They come hand in hand. They cannot exist without the other. And so the moment that that first piercing of heartbreak happens, and it may be if I can tell you that 100% of the people that I have worked with in 15 years, and my teacher has been doing it 50 years, we have never met a single human being that has not had that original point of heartbreak. It is part of the human journey. And it may come in something very big and traumatic and abusive, or it may be simply, my mother couldn't see me for who I am. Or my teacher laughed at me. Or I wet my pants in the playground at school. Or my my doll's head fell off. It could be anything small, but it creates that first piercing that the world is not this perfect, infinite bubble of love and there is loss involved and pain. And from that original point of heartbreak, depending on how it happened, now that's very important, the particular way and the energetic dynamics of how it happened and what was playing out when it happens will then shape the beginnings of how survival defenses are stored in the muscles of the body as tension and gripping and suppression and blockages of energetic flow and life flow. In fact, because the nature of the human mind is only led by our need to survive, the human mind will automatically, mechanically start driving the body in a way that will only be about making sure that you will never experience that heartbreak again or that particular kind of pain again. So if you were shamed for having sexual energy or being a sexual being, immediately that will be, your mind will mechanically activate. That needs to be something that we never allow to happen again. And then that starts being stored in how we hold our breath, in how we hold our body, body, and how we want to hide ourselves, and how the tension gets stored in the muscles of the body and the energy flow of the body. In fact, it's not safe to have life flow and for people to see us. And it, that is the beginnings of the shaping. And it starts young, the shaping of what then starts to build as our personality. If you were completely abandoned, as a child, your mother may have been there physically, but was not there emotionally um, and, and to give tenderness and touch and care and attention. That also will then be formed as that we want to make sure that we're never going to be abandoned again. And that gets stored and formed in a certain way of how the muscle tension gets stored and, and, and frozen in the body and how we try, we begin to hold ourselves. And you can hear all this stuff is pretty much invisible to us because by the time we're mature enough to even have these conversations, this is just normal. It's just how we know ourselves. But I can tell you, I have multiple times sat with human beings in our Listening to Life program, in the Alchemy of Being, in all our maturation programs. And I have, I have taken people to the original point of freezing or tension and unfrozen it with them. And I swear on my life, their entire face changes. Their body changes. Why? Because a particular kind of tension that has been frozen in time since the original point releases and melts whilst they have brought consciousness and awareness to what it is and where it came from. And the whole being starts to, to melt and open and shift. And of course, then and more energy starts to flow. That is the, that's a beginning of a maturation process, the outgrowing of the frozen moments of time 
that have shaped who we think we are. Now, in this body of work of the five masks, Wilhelm Reich and Alexander Lowen speak about the three layers of personality. And I want to remind you, this is not just you. This is human beings. There are three layers, three masks that we get stuck in, that block our our life force, our aliveness, our power, and our experience, our ability to experience ourselves fully and wholly. If you go back and listen to the episode that I talk about authenticity, authenticity is in fact the ability, our own ability to experience ourselves wholly and fully and truthfully. And from that place, it allows others to experience us wholly, fully, and truthfully. And that's actually what authenticity is. That's also what it means to come home. And so in order to come home to our ability to experience ourselves wholly and fully and truthfully, and you can only experience ourselves in the present moment, if you're thinking about experiencing yourself, you're not in the present moment, and it's not experience, it's memory. It's a story about yourself. So in order for that to even become possible, it makes absolute sense that we need to unfreeze all the points or as many of the points as we can in one lifetime that have been blocking that ability to fully, wholly experience yourself wholly, fully, and truthfully. (laughs) I'm laughing because I repeated myself. So he speaks about the three layers of personality, and this is also what I teach in The Alchemy of Being. It's so important that we, well, we start to see these things because it, 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 will ref- it will reveal a lot about yourself and where you're losing energy. You're using so much energy trying to keep these frozen moments frozen, which will take you further and further away from your freedom and your ability to really be your full whole self, which is actually taking you away from what I think you really want. The three layers of personality, the three layers of masks of personality, but that's what we call our personality, but actually they're survival strategies, their masks. You know, the amazing teacher, uh, Dr. Garba Mate, he, he specializes in trauma and addiction. He says, everything you think is wrong about you is actually a survival strategy. Now, that literally, when you really let that in, is everything that you think is who you are. So l- the first mask that we get stuck in, layer one, now listen carefully, is how we want the world to perceive us. Now, it may be that who you think you are is actually a mask of how you want the world to perceive you. In fact, let's go deeper, how you need the world to perceive you. And why would you need the world to perceive you in any other way other than who you are? Because your whole body-mind mechanism is run on a survival strategy, trying to make sure that you are not going to experience the kind of pain or trauma that you originally had. Now, it may be that you were abandoned and that you felt like who you are was unlovable. Well, that is going to drive everything about how your body-mind works and you are going to need the world to perceive you as worthy. And so that first layer of mask may look like always needing to make sure that people think that you are worthy or see you as worthy. And so all your energy is being used to present yourself in a certain way. And much of this is unconscious. It's a blind spot. Much of it is unconscious. So please don't use this to beat yourself up. Use it as, as be curious with this information to discover something about yourself. Layer one, how we need the world to perceive us. Why do we need them to perceive a certain way? Because, my God, we don't want them to ever discover that underneath we are unworthy. No, we're not really, but that's how we know ourselves. So we're using all our energy 
to make sure that the world sees us a certain way rather than what we don't want them to see. And we live in a world that feeds that mask. In fact, it celebrates that mask. Instagram, social media is quite literally inviting you to strengthen and deepen the entanglement and the fixedness of that mask. I need to present myself to the world in a certain way. Otherwise, I cannot be loved. I cannot belong. I cannot be worthy. But my God, let it in for a moment. Do you have any idea how much of your power and life force you're using just to keep up that jig? More than you could even imagine. In our programs, particularly in Listening to Life, that first mask and the second completely pierces. In fact, all three, they pierce completely. And do you know what the first thing most of our participants experience? The most extraordinary surge of energy and power that they didn't even know was there. Why? Because it's not being used to try to keep up a survival mask. It's been released and therefore we become, it becomes available to us to create life in a new way. So that's just layer one. How we need the world to perceive us in all the ways, my goodness, how all the ways that we will do whatever we can to keep up that jig. I myself, I've, I found myself in that. I got, I got celebrated for it, my warrior woman mask. I got a book deal based on my first layer of mask. And I thought that that was who I was. I was successful. I had a business. I had Instagram followers. I got a book deal. And then I was like, oh shit, this is not authentic. In fact, this whole character is, has been created by a four-year-old girl that's trying to make sure that she's not going to be demolished again. So when we're ready to question and pierce that layer, then we have layer number two. And this is still all survival strategies. Layer number two of personality, what we don't want anyone to know about us. We know it about us, but we don't want anyone to know this about us. You know, the fights that happen behind closed doors that you have with your partner, the part of you that really goes kind of a bit insane when you're in those arguments or the, the really, really needy part of you or the really, really judgmental part of you on the really, really self-hate or terror, terrified or panicky part of you or the anxious part of you, all those parts of you that you think that there's something wrong with you and so you'll do whatever you can to make sure that nobody knows this about you. Well, you want to know a secret? This isn't just you. This is the entire human race. You think it's just you? No but you're using all your energy or we're using all our energy to hide those elements of, of those parts of ourselves. I guess some people would call this shadow work. I call it human work, maturation. We will hide those parts of ourselves as God, we will really hide them and we will fight to hide them. In fact, because we live in a world that is led by this, this, this masked, inauthentic way of being. And so when we show those aspects of ourselves, we get judged and criticized and ridiculed and vilified. In fact, nowadays we have cancel culture, which is even worse. My God forbid that you would show any part of yourselves that is judgmental, angry, shameful, guilty, desperately needy, codependent, the part of yourself that can't control yourself when you're in those fights with your partner. I can tell you something. A hundred percent of everyone I've ever worked with, including myself, have been those people. If you think that you look at somebody's Instagram account and it looks perfect and beautiful, that those human beings are not also having the same messy moments that you are, think again. As a survival mechanism, as a species, we will use up so much of our energy hiding these elements of ourselves and that blocks life. In fact, it keeps us stuck in our childhood survival patterns and our stories and none of it is who you are. 
Like we're literally wasting our life hiding this stuff, trying to keep up the jig of of a character that we think we are given to us by, trying to avoid feeling pain. If we hide all these aspects of ourselves, then maybe, just maybe, I will never be rejected again. But simultaneously, we are constantly rejecting ourselves and living in a box of that rejection. So we're creating, we're being lived by a paradox, which is why we're all longing for freedom. But to really become free scares us so much that we don't really want it. We would rather invest our energy in keeping up the jig. And then there's the third layer, which is also a mask. And that's what we don't even want to know about our own self. We're so willing to judge other people for having these horrific parts of themselves that will completely rip someone to shreds until we destroy their career. But the hardest part is realizing that we all have this in ourselves because it's not just about you or me. This is part of human being. The worst elements that we think only other people have we also have inside of us. And as much as we try to hide it and mask it, and even from ourselves, which is the third layer, we are keeping a certain amount of tension and suppression and non-aliveness going and contraction in our entire bioenergetic field. And all of this, all of this commitment, unconscious commitment to keep these these points of tension and judgment and and suppression and management inside our entire body-mind bioenergetic field, we call this our personality. And and it gives us an, an extraordinarily limited amount of energy and power to create and shape our whole life. Now, then there is a fourth layer beyond all of this, and that's when we really see that all those three layers, none of that is who we actually are at all. And then there's fourth layer, well, who even are we? Ah, if you take everything away that is causing all the tension and the tightness and the contraction and the suppression and the management of who you are, what do you think is left? In May this year, I had a serious brain injury. Some of you may know this. I was in the playground with my son on Mother's Day and I bashed my head on the climbing frame and it seemed so insignificant. But within half an hour, I was slipping in and out of uh, out of consciousness and I was starting to lose my entire memory of myself. I couldn't remember my name. I couldn't remember my birthday. I could barely remember where I was. Within 24 hours, I couldn't walk, I couldn't move, I could barely talk, I could barely open my eyes, I could barely let anybody be around me. I had to sit in a darkened room and simply sit there and and I couldn't move. And I am not exaggerating. I was watching my own identity lose itself. It was like every aspect of who Nikki is, the memory of who Nikki is, the tension, the frozen trauma, the, con- the, the contracted moments, all frozen in my body mind and the cells of my body given to me by my nervous system and my mind and my brain dissolved and dropped out of the whole picture. There was nothing that I could find of myself that was familiar. But what was so extraordinary was that I am an ontologist. My specialty is ontology and the workings of the mind and the workings of identity and the nature of identity. So I was able to watch the whole thing happen from inside my mind with consciousness. Now I'm going to write all about this in my new book coming out next year. But right now I'm going to just touch on one of the experiences I fully experienced what is there when we no longer have identity. And I can tell you, we can never lose ourselves because it's, it's one of our biggest fears, isn't it? If I let it all go, then what is left? 
I can tell you in everything that is of past, that is memory, that is frozen in the cells of your body, starts to disappear and dissolve and melt away, I tell you what is left, pure and infinite consciousness. I sat with God as if God was sitting with me. And I don't mean the kind of God in religion. I mean the kind of God that is infinite, infinite love, infinite source. I was able to be with and experience myself as who we really are beyond all this identity that we're so attached to. And that is what coming home is. So here's a practice for you. Firstly, inquiry question number one. How much of your life have you invested in trying to find who you really are? Now, it may be unconscious or it may be conscious. It may be subtle or not subtle. But get radically honest with yourself Or maybe how much of your life have you used trying to be someone you think you should be, a character, and then go through each of these three layers and write like an A4 piece of paper about it. Layer number one, is there a certain way that you really need the world to see you? The one that's safe, the one that's strong, the one that's in control, the one that's got it all together, the one that is, isn't weak, the one that isn't unworthy. Well, who even needs the world to see them that way? Well, someone who's coming from unworthiness or someone who's coming from powerlessness or someone who's coming from the need to even put that mask on. And can you see all of this without judgment, blame or shame or guilt? This is not about any of that. This is about healing. And it's not just you. This is human being. How have you needed the world to see you? And how much energy have you used to keep up that jig? Get honest, radically honest. And then go to layer number two. What are all the ways about yourself you don't want anyone to know about that you are investing so much of your life force and energy to make sure they don't because you think it's so wrong? I'll tell you a secret. If you've got it, I've got it. 100% guaranteed, no question. But you don't live like that. We don't live like that. We live as if we're the only ones that have these worst traits about ourselves that we'll hide to the end of our life. Well, all that energy of trying to hide it is keeping you in survival. And survival has nothing to do with aliveness or thriving or freedom or authenticity. And then layer number three, This may be the harder one, but just write a little bit. Are there aspects of yourself that you don't even want to know about you? And when you look at all of this from a human being level, not just a you level, this is not a you problem. This is a human problem. When you look at this all from a human being level, wow, can you bring compassion to us as a species? No wonder we feel so unfree, longing for this thing that we're searching for that we don't even know what it is called coming home because we're living trapped in these layers and we call that our life and we're trying to look for freedom inside of them which is not possible because you can't find freedom from survival. So the first step is to look with open heart and full compassion and radical honesty and radical ownership at how much we are unfree that we've been invested in our unfreedom, in our survival. You know, when people come into our programs, it takes so much courage for them. It's like, I've, I heard someone say the other day, I've just realized I, I've been following Nikki for 10 years and I have invested all my money in all the other coaches apart from her. Why am I so afraid to come and do that work? She was so honest and she realized, man, I've been resisting, trying to do all the other things rather than actually coming into the work that will bring me home. But it takes courage, a lot of courage. 
We are so addicted to thinking that if I can just find the next strategy, find the right answer, find the perfect affirmation or find the perfect something, which is again, trying to find it out there, but actually no, in my opinion, we're, we're losing time. This life is so valuable that you have turn your consciousness and awareness inwards to all the ways that you're carrying that are not even who you are, to the blind spots. One of the most beautiful things about my job is I regularly get to watch a human being come back to life. It takes courage to look in all the places that you don't want to look. I realized I'm like, I'm like the antithesis to the one that makes you feel better. <laughs> I'm the one that's going to take you to all the points that you've been running from. Why? Because I only want to be a stand for your freedom. I'm interested only in your freedom and not just to make you feel better. Don't confuse feeling better with freedom. They're not the same things. So practice that exercise and just let it all land. And if you need to go back and refer to any of the other episodes, go back and listen to them again. Maybe you'll hear them more deeply, opening up blind spots so that you can see yourself more deeply, more clearly, which allows more energy to flow, more power to become alive. This is our work. When we dive into this work, we are participating in our own evolution not just as individuals, but as a species. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for letting me wrestle with a massive topic. I'm sure I'm going to go deeper into it and touch on this in other ways in other episodes, but I think that's enough for now. Thank you all so much for listening. If you find these episodes useful, beneficial to you, please share them with as many people as you can. If they are human, this relates to them. This is human work, not individual only work. And if you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do for me and for us is to go to Apple and leave a five-star review and leave us a, a written review and subscribe to the channel and share with it. Share it with as many people as you can and keep coming back. Thank you all so much for listening. This is the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch and I am your host and I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Infinite Potential of Being Human podcast with Nikki Clinch. That's me, your host. If you are interested in understanding in a much more deeper way why we are the way we are as human beings, why your life unfolds the way it does, and how to access this extraordinary power and potential that is already there within you, within all of us actually, that you are curious and interested in how to access it, how to embody it, and how to start living it. And whilst discovering all these things about us as human beings and our infinite potential of being human, hopefully answering some unanswered questions as to what is happening in our world today. If this is what is calling you, then please do download our free three-day masterclass, Breaking the Cycle of Repeating Patterns in Your Life, Relationships and Business. Or you can head to our website, www.nikkiclinch.com and enjoy yourself with all the information, checking out the courses and the workshops and our offerings on there. Thank you so much for listening. 